right now we're going through some days where we're being told some things we need to do, ought to do, should do, in some places have to do. I know we were talking to some of our family members and they have to carry a pass with them so that if they're caught out in the streets driving to and from work, they show a pass. And that pass gives them permission to go on. But what that pass also tells you is, if you don't have a good reason to be out, they're telling you, don't travel. Maybe you're getting tired of being in the home. Maybe you're struggling with some of the authorities that are telling you things. That happens sometimes. You know, in Romans chapter 13, we read this. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. We're going to pause there for just a moment, and I want you just to think for a little bit, as Scripture has given us this truth, and that is, we need to be willing to submit to the authorities that are over us. And here's the reason why. All authority begins with God. And there aren't any authorities that aren't in that position to represent God. Now in this text tonight, it doesn't really talk about how God will judge authorities for how they treat us. The Bible does talk about that. But in this text tonight, it's specifically talking about the authority that God places in our life. What's the benefit of having an authority in our lives? You know, God gives us authorities to help us develop wisdom and character. God gives us authority to protect us. And God gives us authority to give us direction in life. Let's think for just a moment how God uses authority to develop wisdom and character in our lives. Now, there are authority structures. There are several authority structures that all of us work with. For you children tonight, there's the family structure. You have a mom and a dad. And Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 tells us, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, we read, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, we read, My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17, there's a warning. The warning reads, The eye that mocketh at his father, and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Ooh, that's quite the awful description. But he's telling us something. And that is, when we don't listen to our moms and dads, we set ourselves up for a lot of trouble. 
And in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 5, we read, A fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. In other words, the person that listens to what their authority says, especially their parents, is smart, is thinking ahead. Not only do we have the family authority, but we also have a government authority. We have national. We have local. We are the citizens. And you know, the scripture tells us several different things. The scripture tells us in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, submit yourselves to every ordinance of, God, of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Do you know the Bible is telling us that we need to learn to submit to the rules, to the guidelines that are given. And then we come to our text for tonight. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. I'm going to read just a little bit further this time. Let's look at verse 3 now, where he says, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. You know, as we think about that, and we think about what we're going through right now, why has the government told us we ought to be in our homes? Why has the government told us that we ought to be six feet apart? Why have we been told social distancing is really important right now? Some of that is because many of us, those of us here in Fargo, North Dakota, it's hard for us to imagine how bad things really are. I look outside. Today it was beautiful. I look outside this evening and I see how how the sky is changing and we've got some rain coming in and it looks like we may actually get some snow. But what a beautiful day we've had. It's hard to imagine how many people are dying. It's hard to imagine how that's impacting our nation. I wouldn't have known had the government not told us. And as the government keeps stepping up its warnings, and specifically our local government, which is giving us direction as for how we ought to operate, I wouldn't know, except they've told me. You see, the government is for my protection. The government is doing for us what we can't do, wouldn't have access to the information, and it's for our benefit. It's important that we learn to submit. Not only do we have the government, but we have the church. And I want to pause there between those two for just a moment because there's quite a bit in the news right now about government telling church not to meet and churches telling government, you don't have the right to tell us what to do. You know, I want us to think for just a moment. The government isn't telling us what to preach. The government isn't telling us that Christians don't have the right to assemble. The government's telling us that we need to be careful lest we 
would get hurt. You know, one of the things we do in our church is we submit to the guidelines of our local government concerning fire and safety. We don't struggle with that. In fact, that's their job. And God established government just like he did the church. Now, the scriptures do say that if they ever tell us to do something that's contrary to what God commands, well, then we have to obey God rather than man. But in this case, they're not telling us not to worship. They're not telling us not to sing. In fact, they're encouraging people to go online. They're encouraging us to communicate with each other. They're just saying, for a short amount of time, be careful. Just as there is a structure in the home and a structure in the government that God lists, there's a structure in the church. And of course, the most important one is the chief shepherd. He's the one who is our leader. He's the one who we submit to. And then in each local church, he gives us an under-shepherd. That's the pastor or pastors. And those pastors are ones that are there at the Lord's request and by the will of the people. And the scriptures tell us, it says, we beseech you to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. In Hebrews chapter 13, he says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, and they that they may do it with joy and not with grief. 1 Timothy, which is the handbook of how churches should operate, also tells us, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and in doctrine. And then 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 tells us, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, he gives this guideline. He says, You feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Not a filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but as examples to the flock. You know, God is telling pastors, be very careful how you treat my people. And he's telling the people, be very careful how you treat my pastors. Just like he tells the children, be very careful how you treat your parents. And parents, be very careful how you treat your children. And to the government, you citizens, be careful how you treat your civil government. And to the government, be careful how you treat the citizenry because you'll be held accountable. You know, one other one that we find is in the business structure. And there we read that the servants or the employees are to obey their masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart. You know what he's telling them? He says, learn to submit to your employer in the realm that the employer has authority. You know, there is an authority in our homes 
and there's a realm that the family is responsible for. There's a realm that the government's responsible for. There's a realm that the church is responsible for. There's a realm that even employers are responsible for. So how do you develop wisdom? How can authorities be used in your life? First, follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, what did God tell us in Luke chapter 2? That Jesus, already as a young man, made sure he was about his father's business. He was talking about his heavenly father. He was passionate about doing what God wanted him to do. Second of all, we read that he followed his parents' example. And when his parents spoke to him and asked him to do something in that he was under them, he submitted to them. But I want you to notice what Scripture says happened. When Jesus was submitting to his authorities, we read, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. You see, he submitted, and as a human, now he was God, but as a human, we read, he developed in the way he should have. You see, God gives us authorities, but also God gives us authority to protect us from destructive natures, from destructive things. You know, I'm sad to think that there were a lot of people who chose to infect others because they were careless. Now, I don't think they meant to. I would at least like to think that about them that they weren't thinking about hurting people, they just weren't thinking. God used the government to protect us. God uses authority to protect us. And as we have submitted to authority, there are many who are now safe that would not have been. God uses authority to protect us from temptations. Some of you teenagers, you older children, you college-age students, and even you single folk, God uses authority to protect us. You know, 1 Samuel chapter 15 tells us, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and, the st and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Why would it say that? Because, you see, when we don't obey, we open ourselves up to all kind of troubles that we wouldn't have had otherwise. We understand that opening ourselves up to witchcraft, to idolatry, that's frightening stuff. We wouldn't want to open ourselves to Satan. But when we don't obey our authorities, we've set ourselves up for being hurt and damaged in the same way. You see, when we try to live without God's restrictions, we end up getting hurt. God gives us authority to give us life direction. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, we read, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You see, all our decisions are based on faith. How does God communicate his will to us? Well, God communicates his will to us through his word, and I believe God often uses our authorities to protect us. You see, God gives us authority to develop wisdom and character in our lives. And God gives us authority to protect us from destruction. God gives us authority to give direction for life decisions. God gives us authority to shape us into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Back to Romans chapter 13, we read, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. We don't want to be in that situation. We don't want to find ourselves resisting God. Now, there may be times in our lives when our government asks us to do things that we can't in good conscience do because it would dishonor God's word. But in those places where it doesn't violate God's word, we ought to listen carefully and be model citizens in how we will respond. You know, even when we don't care for the authority, maybe we don't care for their personality, maybe they do things that they shouldn't do, and we're offended even by their language. When we remember that God is in control, we also need to remember that we're responsible for, our, for the way we respond to authority. You know, no matter how inconsistent and unfair the authority is, the scripture says, the powers that be are ordained of God. Maybe you have a parent that's inconsistent. Maybe you have a spouse that's inconsistent. Maybe there's a police officer you've seen who is inconsistent. A president. Maybe a church leader. Or an employer. Still remember, God uses authority to protect us, to direct us. God can use those who are the hardest to get along with to motivate us, to have mature attitudes.